Welcome to Salem First Assembly Podcast. May this week's message by our guest speaker be a blessing to your life and helping you to grow in your understanding of God's Word, strengthen your faith, and equip you to become all that God has created you to be. Worlds crumble, who can make a dead man rise? Who can make the ruler humble and bring the broken back to life? Who can put the lame to dancing? Heal a blind man with just one touch That's the God who's calling us To the ends of the earth Every city, every street To the ends of the world Will declare victory He'll fill us with His power To tell the world about His love Can you hear Him? Oh, can you hear Him? God who's calling us to the ends of the air, to the ends of the air, to the ends of the air. Who can make art from the ashes of all those burned up dreams? Who can stop the waves from crashing and turn shepherds into kings? Who can turn the hearts of the nations? And bring life out of the dust Yeah, that's the God who's calling us To the ends of the earth Every city, every street To the ends of the world We'll declare His victory He'll fill us with His power To tell the world about His love Can you hear Him? Oh, can you hear Him? God who's calling us missions convention. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, that video is talking about taking the good news to the ends of the earth, right? Everywhere we go, there are people that are lost. And it is our um, 
purpose while we're here to share the good news with everybody we come in contact with. And if we can't go to other places, then we are to pray and we are to give and we are to support and encourage the ones that can. And that's what, you know, we're, we're, that's why we're so excited when we have our missions convention because that's what we're doing. We're, this church is very mission-minded. Praise the Lord. So good job, you guys. Amen. Um, that wall back there is full of um, missionaries that we support, that we love, that we pray for. And it's just an exciting um, thing to be able to do that. Because that's, again, like I said, that's our purpose. So as we go into today's service, help our hearts to be open, help our um, minds to be open, help our eyes to be open to, you know, what's happening all over the world and what we can do, you know, to help people really find hope. So, dear Lord, we just thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for this new day that you've given us. We thank you for the opportunity to be able to freely come into your house to worship you, to grow in you, to be encouraged by you and your word and what you're doing, Lord, and all over the world and um, how that can just inspire us to be missionaries right where you've placed us here. Lord God, our neighbor is just not the house next to us. Remind us of that. It's everybody we come in contact with. Help us to share your good news. We love you. We thank you. And we just give all the rest of this service over to you to let your wonderful work be done in Jesus's wonderful name. Amen. All right, church. Well, if you're ready, let's stand and let's give God praise in this place for he is worthy. Amen. Come on, let's sing.
Oh, worthy is the lamb who was slain. 
faithfulness. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love that you would take my place, that you would bear my listen to the noise around us of what people would say or the news would say but Lord we would continue to see what your word says that you are an unfailing God that your promises remain true you stay the same yesterday today and forever Lord and your word says that you will never leave us nor forsake us father that you are closer than a brother Jesus hallelujah Lord we praise your name hallelujah oh thank you Jesus hallelujah hallelujah Oh, worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Oh, worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Oh, worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Oh, worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Oh, worthy is the King. Just praise him. Let's just praise him. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Holy Spirit, fill this place today, Lord. Holy Spirit. Spirit, you are welcome here in this place. Oh, I feel the presence of God right now, church. Oh, oh Jesus. Oh, Jesus. We welcome you in this place, Father, Lord. Touch our hearts. Touch our hearts, Jesus, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, just lift his name up in this place. Let's just praise his name, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name. Come on, lift his name up. Something. Oh. 
Hallelujah. Come on, give him some praise. Give him some praise. Sing it one more time. He deserves all the glory, all the praise. When we do that, that's when freedom comes within the living tabernacle. When we make ourselves a living object to give God praise for who he is, for just who he is. Not for what we want, but for who he is. He is, I am. He's everything you need him to be if you go to him, if you come to him, if you really let go of all the heaviness and let go of all the stuff that you carry and go to him. He's your great I am. He's your great I am. He's your great I am. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things. To you are all things. But you deserve the glory. You are worthy. You are worthy of it all. Let's sing it, just our voices, just our voices. Close your eyes, because God, because your God is your great I am. I don't care what you've gone through, I don't care what you're in, I do know this and I know it so well because I know it because I lived it. I'm living it. He is your great I am. And the authority that comes with the name of Jesus, he is who he said he is. Let's just sing it, just our voices, and just an offer it to praise before the Lord. Before the Lord. Hallelujah. You're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. And let God rule and reign if he can do. 
because he's great. Give him praise one more time. Give him a wave offering in the house of the Lord. Just wave. Oh, God, we praise you. God, we just thank you. Because you are a mighty God. Lord, we do not walk in fear, but we walk in the power and the anointing in which you have given unto us. And Father, we just ask in the name of Jesus, will you continue to help us be your light and be your salt. To be the example as we walk with the anointing and the power and help your people once again to know who you are. You're still the great I am. We give you praise. We give you honor. We thank you for this day and we thank you for the sweetness of your presence. God, may you increase it in our lives as we focus more on you than anything else. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Give him praise one more time. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name. You may be seated if you so choose. I want to just encourage you with something. Many years ago, I made it a habit in my life to get along with God. Because life gets busy. Life gets heavy. There's always something happening. And you know... Um, God really convinced me and taught me that I get, get too busy and forget him. There's a problem with that. Someone's, thank you so much. And um, let me just sit on this for a second. One of the things that you and I need to do is get alone with God. We carry our problems, but we don't cast our problems. We carry our situation and our circumstance, but we don't really get along with God. We'd rather complain than believe God for the answer. My days, I had someone tell me straight to my face and said, Pastor, you talk too much. But it wasn't like talk too much, like, yeah, yeah, that's true too, but... But talk too much, meaning I'm going to do this, I'm going to write a book, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And those days are so done past. Those days are just done past. I can't tell you that I will get my book published. I will do these things. And God's going to do it in me. This is me. I am so, I'm so all in. I can't tell you. More than ever. But yet, it's just a little seed God dropped in my heart. It was just a little seed. And I know there's more to come. You know what's funny, though? is that as I started writing, and I'm doing two things at once, but as I started doing these two things, the Lord just really put in my heart and said, this is the place where you need to really endeavor in to make a greater difference. How many want to make a greater difference? Okay. You want to make a greater difference? What are you doing today? How are you sharing? How are you caring? What are you doing today? Everybody thinks their greatest difference is always down the line, and they miss today. Do you know, this is the day the Lord has made. And I will. And what? But how many, how many rather be sad and complain? Hmm? Come on, raise your hand. Yeah, thank you for those honest ones. <laughs> My hand's with you sometimes. But the bottom line, God is the great I am. And the authority. Pretty soon we're going to finally get into some great stuff. And I am going to... I wanted to do a little advertisement today, but I, I'm going to save it for next week. But we're about to go into a series that's going to change your life. And I don't just say that lightly. Literally, this series, when I was doing it, 
I was in, I was a mess. I was, God just wrecked me up. I was a mess. And I stood in a mess for a while. Because this is so true, it's so on target. And I'm going to tell you something. The title is, You Were Born for This. Most Christians, most Christians, I'm not talking about unbelief, most Christians haven't really understand what they're born for. And because you don't understand what you're born for, you go through life unfulfilled and complaining or just this and that. God has given you so much. There's so much in me. I'm sorry. When I come out of these moments, God does some great works and I'm just full, so full right now. I, I'm not going to preach. But you don't know how much it's burning in my heart. My challenge is this. If you want the power of God, you want the presence of God, find yourself less distracted and complaining. Complaining is the worst thing a Christian can do because all it does is complain what's not happening, but you're not doing nothing about it. So I thank that individual for saying that to me. It hurt, but that person was so right. I went before God and said, God, forgive me. I'm no longer going to just talk. I may share it a little bit because of the excitement, but I'm done talking. I'm done. I'm, I'm, now it's time to start doing, start fulfilling some of those things to really change lives, to get outside these walls. Someone say outside these walls. Easter's coming up. You're going to next week have a little thing that you can start inviting people to Easter. And then after that, we're already preparing for Mother's Day. We're going to do something really special for Mother's Day. We can take pictures with your family and you're going to have something to, to do. We're going to have a really wonderful Mother's Day. Because mom, listen, from a guy that no longer has his mom with him, moms are just more special to me than they've ever been ever before. There's something about a mom that you just can't replace. It's like, who's going to tell you when you're 60 years old to put your hat on? You know, it's just priceless. And of course, what do you think the person does? Mom, I got this. You know, I'll let you know when I'm cold. But that's a mom. Mom's always concerned for their children. They're always first person on the list that they're praying for. And so we're going we're gonna to really do a special, we've got a special speaker coming in um, for Mother's Day that I know is going to be a blessing to you. And, um, and I really do. I'm, I'm looking forward to this person coming and sharing because she's a mom and she's gone through a lot and um, she knows how it is to have it rough and still be a single parent. And so I just, I just want you to know God wants great things for you. Look at your neighbor and just inspire them to say, turn around to someone and say, God has some good things for you. Hallelujah. Blessed be his name. Um, just a moment. We are, we're, we are in our mission uh, convention, as you know, and we're doing our faith promises. If you haven't done your faith promises yet, um, let me encourage you. Next week, I'll give you a little presentation again. Just And I, you have one more week to be praying. I'm not, I haven't even put the pressure on nobody. Have I put any pressure on anybody? No. And I'm not going to. Because what you do for the Lord in your tithing and in your mission is God has just said, it's up to them. You teach it, they do it. They don't do it is because their heart and love always goes together. So I'm going to just, no pressure on it, not waiting for your little thing to put it in the basket. No, you're going to do it on your own, okay? 
And um, we want to increase, and we'll talk about that. We already shared that last time we're together. But I really want you to think about that. Every person back there, when we were going and still are going through struggles financially, that has never, ever been cut or, or wiped away. Missions has always been there. You know why? When a church loses its mission, really, they lose their way. And mission is across the street, which we need to work on and across the seas. And so I just want to say, for those who are faithfully given unto on missions, my heart and my prayer every day is that God would bless you abundantly. And I believe that this church has survived through some of the hardships is because of missions. I have no doubt. Now, I happen to be closer to some of the stuff than you, some of you are, but I know a few of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if it wasn't for our mission program, or our mission mission, is like I like to tell you. It's a mission to do missions, um, whether it's across the street or across the seas. And, um, and many people said, Pastor, I had, a, I had a pastor friend say to me, Pastor, you are doing too much for missions. You have to focus on the church. And I said, well, and this guy was, okay, he knew what he was talking about. And I said, listen, the way I look at it, I understand where you come from, from the dollar sense. Everybody wants to do the dollar sense, what makes sense. God never makes sense. Go build a, uh, Noah, build an ark. It's going to rain. Don't make sense. God's not asked you to be safe. He's asked you to be dangerous. But the problem is, the problem is we want comfort. We want security. Saints, I'm going to challenge you. You're going to love me or you're not going to like me. One or the, one or the other, you'll have to decide. But it's time. It's time to be dangerous. It's time to start sharing your faith. It's time to be bold. It's time to know who your God is. It's time to walk in the authority of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to preach. I'm not going to preach. Just a quick announcement. Do your faith promises. <laughs> um, on the screen you have the scan. If you're a visitor here today, listen, we want to know. Just go ahead and scan that with your phone or just uh, text welcome love to start a journey with you and um, help you grow in the Lord. You help to get to know us pretty soon. For those who are new and you've been here for a while, but we haven't got together, shortly we're going to have, uh, <laughs> it's going to uh, be called um, uh, Pizza and Pastor. <laughs> uh, pizza with the pastor, whatever. But anyhow, for those who haven't got a chance to get together, we want you there during that time. It's just, we'll tell you more about that. And uh, if you let me know what your favorite pizza, pizza is, uh, that will be, uh, we'll let, we can make that happen. Um, it's really important, though, that I want you to start praying, what does God have you to do here? God doesn't want pew warmers. God doesn't just want someone just sitting. God wants you involved in doing something. Someone say something. something. It's something. There's toilets to clean. You know, the people who are cleaning to us now would probably like to do something else maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But there's so much to do, and you, everybody can find something to do. Amen? Amen. Um, don't forget that um, this Saturday morning, you got the women's uh, small group. I heard you had a great time, and it was good material, and it was on prayer, and so I was so glad for that. For those that did know that I was away, thank you for praying. I, I really... Really, uh, I'm grateful for that. There's a lot going on. 
And uh, also, um, I just want to remind you that we have a business meeting last Wednesday of this month. And so, I, I, no, I want both those members and non-members to be there, so pass on the word there. That's going to be on March 30th. And uh, just keep things in prayer. Don't forget this Wednesday, small group. God, it will do a work. Here is your faith promise card. If you have it with you, and if you did, had a bulletin, it came in the bulletin. I want you to put this somewhere. I want you to think what you can do. I challenge everybody to always go a little further. Just take it a little bit more. Let's have faith. Let's not do budget. Everybody wants to be safe. Safe. There's nothing safe about the New Testament church. Nothing. That's what made them dangerous. Even in the midst of all kind of stuff. Hmm. Let's just ask God for some help before we just transition. Father, we are so grateful. We can do nothing without you. But Father, we really want to be a group, a people, a body, your church, to make a difference. And Lord, will you just forgive us for focusing so much on ourselves? Maybe our comfort, maybe how we like things, maybe what we want. And Lord, will you help us all? to just really start to focus on what you want, what you like. Help us to really focus, Lord, on really committing ourselves and being all in. <clears throat> and Lord, as we start to get things moving again, will you give us the laborers? <clears throat> We're praying for, Lord, a youth pastor, Lord, that has a burden and a passion for young people, God. Lord, we just ask that you just would just Help us. We give you praise. We give you glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Give him praise one more time. <clears throat> all right. Well, this is a real, real honor. Let me just make sure I get everything right. Oh, uh, I totally forgot. <clears throat> I'm so glad there. You guys are great. I need all the help I can get sometimes. <clears throat> and it's truth. And you can all say amen on that. Good. Amen. Okay, then help me, please. <laughs> I saw you, Donnie. I saw you say amen first. You're going to help me, all right? All right, all right. <clears throat> We're going to take a, an offering today. Um, met with a lady not too long ago. I think it was a week and a half ago. Where all her family is in Ukraine. And... Um, and wanted to, and I put out a call that we wanted to do a sacrificial offering um, to Ukraine. So that, and there's a video, if we could play the video, um, and then we'll take up the offering. Hello, my name is Jan Trotz, and I am a pastor from Warsaw. Now we are on a trip to see the border and uh, so many people at railway stations just before the border people are helping here and we just want to pray for this war to end and we want to send a message to, to, to the churches wherever we can so that we could be united in prayer and pray for the peace in in ukraine and and in poland please Pray for this part of the world, which is very uncertain for those people who are coming. Lots of babies, lots of small girls, boys. They are 
running away and they need our prayers very much. Each day, the National Church is sending three 20-ton trucks into Ukraine that are filled with food, medical supplies, and hygiene articles. This is $40,000 worth of supplies going every day. The more we give, the more people we can bless, the more lives that we can affect. Thank you for giving and thank you for your support. Thank you for praying because it is making a difference in the lives of people. It is bringing hope to Europe. So before we take up the offering, I'm, I'm going to have you to really pray. I, I tell people all the time that everybody has a favorite number. If you go to a birthday party, you write out a check, you put your favorite number. You do something for someone, get a favorite number. Whether it's 10, 25, 50, 7,500, whatever. I want you to ask what does God want you to do? I want you to just ask God, because I'll tell you why. You know, what's taking place in our world today is epic. And as it continues to get longer and longer, it may be more epic than we all think. There's so much going on. Earthquake the other day in Japan. There's just a lot going around the world. A lot going on right now, even with Israel, but you don't hear about what's going on. There's a lot taking place. We live in, in worlds today that, yes, this is what God spoke about. Just because a world gets difficult, this is where Christianity needs to step it up, to shine, and to become who we are. Who are we? Are we children of God? Who walks with us? And when we see a brother or a sister in need, what is our responsibility? What are we supposed to do? We forget about ourselves, as Philippians chapter 2 continues, says, do not think of yourself, but to others. Lift others, watch this, higher than yourself. Did you get that? We could use a little lessons in that in our Western Hemisphere. So we're going to take an offering for Ukraine, and I want it to hurt you. I want it to be a sacrificial, because these individuals are going through a lot. And if every church does a little bit, and then you know what? These supplies and these things and people there are helping. I thank God. I wish we lived closer so we could hands on. But we don't. But there are other avenues. It's like missionaries. We're not going there with them, but we can hold the ropes as they go. We can be part of it because the body is made of many parts. Amen? And every part's needed. Our part today is what can you give what well, can you give extra? And so we're going to pray for Ukraine. And as I prayed for the Ukrainian lady, I'm not going to mention her name, but we prayed for her, and it was a beautiful time together. It really was a beautiful time together, but the heaviness upon her heart, I felt it. And I said, God, one momento. I said, God, if that was my family, how would I feel? If that was your children, if that my mom, my dad, I remember when my mom was sick and I couldn't see her. You know how hard that is to be separated from your loved ones? Or how about this? I remember my little boy, one of my little boys, ran away in the store and I couldn't find him. What happens to the mother's heart? What happens to the father's heart? They start beating really quick. 
You know, so I, I bear witness and I think, church, we can do something. We can at least be a financial blessing so that $40,000 a day, there's a lot of stuff going in every single day. And if everybody does his parts, someone that water that they don't have, get water. If you didn't have water and someone gave you a bottle, how much would you enjoy that? How much would you say thank you, right? It comes in small ways. Let's just ask God. Let God lead you. Father, I am so grateful for this opportunity we, are, we have here today to be a blessing. And as the call has gone out, Father, let us not just feel sorry for people. Maybe whisper a small prayer. But Father, let us be doers of your word. And so, Father, I pray that you place the number that you place on the heart, that we can give an offering to bless those who need to know your love, your mercy, your grace. As, Lord, this also comes with your message. And so, Father, I am so grateful for this opportunity. Will you help us now speak to our hearts? I ask this, Lord, in your name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come to me last, please. Yes. Praise the Lord. Well, as the Connect kids leave, it is, I'll wait just a second, yeah. Make sure she gives a double offering. Angie. All right. Well, thank you so much. Give the Lord praise for the opportunity to be a blessing. Amen? It really is. It really is to be a blessing, especially in a times like this. We are so grateful to have the Divines with us today. Um, the Divines are actually doing a prison ministry in Colombia, correct? And, um, and so uh, missions comes in many different ways. And so, brother and sister, we're glad that you're here. May God just continue to use you and uh, bless you today. Come on up here. Give them a big clap. God you bless sure you. you didn't preach yet? I didn't. I know. I want to hear it preaching. <laughs> oh, you're so kind. Could you do me a favor? Yes. Bear with me. Would you guys pray with me for this man here? He's got all this stuff inside. He needs help figuring how to. I just want to pray for you, sir. Thank you. Your name is Brian. Thank you. Yes. Lord, this is your son, Brian. Thank you. This is your son, Brian, and you're burning inside him. I ask you give him ears to hear really clear what you're speaking and a heart that has eyes to see exactly what to do and what not to do yeah. and how to walk. Thanks. And wisdom, Lord. Visit yes. this man Thanks. with your wisdom. 
And I thank Hallelujah. you for doing it, Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. I thank you for doing it. Yes. Hallelujah. In the name thank of Jesus. You. Thank you so much, Christian. Sorry. Um, you did everything out of order, so we just did something else out of order a little bit, right? Okay. Uh, good morning. Is there a clock? I'm only supposed to talk about eight minutes here. Um, I'm Jean, and this is Mark, and we've been missionaries in Cali, Colombia, right south of Panama, for about 46 years. We've been doing um, drug addict ministry in the streets and out of that churches and building churches and working with youth and training leaders. And that's what we've been doing for year after year after year through the different types of, of political upheavals and un- insecurity issues and cartels and wars and car bombs. And we've been there. We raised our three children there. They're grown up now all over the map, which is what happens if you live overseas that long. And um, we've seen God walk us through probably almost every kind of valley you could figure. And about uh, when, when you say prison ministry, this really will be the first time that we go back to Colombia to dedicate uh, probably 90% of what we do to work in prisons. We have always said it's kind of like what we do on the side because 14, 15 years ago when we were um, raising this, one of the churches we were raising, a door opened up for us through a mass, through a, for rounding up and putting in jail of several people in the church we were raising. Uh, they put all these people in jail on money laundering and drug trafficking charges. So we started visiting them in jail, and that opened up the need to learn how to get permission and how to knock on doors and what is the name of the warden, wardens and how do prisons work and what are the protocols, and to become aware slight, slowly of the needs of the people behind the prison walls. We started visiting the father and the mother of the children that were in our youth group. And that Christmas, Christmas of 2005, we... Uh, Procured a prison, it took a, a permit, it took us six months to get the permit because we had an idea to just make our church and our youth group feel kind of like family, even though part of them were in jail. We said, well, let's see if they'll give us permission to have a party in the courtyards of the women's prison where the one lady was and the men's prison where the one man was. And isn't that just the way that's kind that's That's kind of like how we've tripped along in the will of God year after year after year. We had this one person in one prison, one person in another prison that we didn't want to visit. They were prisons that were outside of the city. They were not popular people that were in the prison. People in church didn't like us going to prison and church emptied out. But, you know, they were there and we had to go anyways. So you follow the door and you knock with an idea. Well, how about we do something to rally our youth group because they were bummed because the parents were in jail so our youth group was our music team let's take the music team let's see if they'll give us permission to bring in a guitar a bass a, a keyboard some um, 
a drum, a drum set. Let's just ask for the permission to bring the whole thing in, see if they'll let us take in some Christmas cookies, see if they'll let us take in some baked peanuts, take in some books, so we can have a party of hope on the, on the courtyard permit. And we wrote the permit for 15, 16 people to go in and visit 400 people in one prison, 13 people in another prison. And it was a big ask. And we got the green light to go on the 1st of December for a visit that was the 13th of December, but there was a caveat. There was an exception. They said, you can go, but you have to visit everyone in both prisons. You have to visit 1,500 people in the men's prison and 400, 500 people in the women's prison. And we had three, we had 13 days to get everything together to go from 400 to 12 to, to 2,000 inmates that we were going to be visiting. We had to find 2,000 books, and we didn't have enough. We didn't have the 400 books. We had to figure out how to bake 12,000 cookies because the permit was for half a dozen apiece, and Colombians don't bake. We had to find and bake raw peanuts, go find them and bake them, and we baked them twice because they came out raw. And we didn't have the money, we didn't have the manpower, and we didn't have how to do it. And it pushed us into what's been our grassroots verse, one of our grassroots verse as, as we've walked and lived. It's God, God gives you uh, everything. God gives freely, and you can give freely. You receive freely, you give freely. And what you need to do if you don't have something is you go to him to get it. So we went to him, and we said, Lord, there's a door open, and uh, you, you got to kind of push into the guy who sends you. You know, Lord, you, there's a door open. It's impossible. The, how do we do it? And the trick of the idea came through that, um, well, let's just tell everybody. Let's tell everybody. I mean, there's not that many people left in church because they don't like it going to jail. We maybe had about 20, 25 adults after 200, emptied out in six months really quick. We had about 50 young people. They don't have any money. And so we hit the streets, and we went up and down the, the neighbor. We went in the streets. We went to the bakeries. We went to the companies. We called on the phones. Everybody who knew everybody knocked on doors and said, listen, the love and forgiveness of God is free. And if you receive it, it will change you. Let it change you. Believe that he loves you. Believe that he'll forgive you, and let it change you. So we, we started telling more forcefully about what we received that was changing us. And we said, let it change you. But then if you get, the more you get, the more responsible you are to give. Because that's how it works. That's how love works. That's how forgiveness works. And love works, you have to give to someone who can't love you back. And you got to forgive someone who, who maybe won't deserve it. Because if you only give because you're going to get, or it's going to be a favor, or you only love the loving, that's not the love of God. You want the love of God in your life big to flow through. You got to find someone who doesn't, doesn't deserve it. And maybe, and you go, you go knock on doors in the city of Cali. Everybody knows somebody who was kidnapped or robbed at gunpoint or blown up or it's, it's violence has been. So everybody has a reason to not want anything to do with someone in prison. Everybody is, they belong in there. Let them, let them rot. And we said, no, the love of forgiveness of God is free. And you give it away, you're going to get more, you're going to be changed. How about you help us go through this crazy open door that God gave us and help us take a message of love and forgiveness to people that can never give it back. And we found it touched a chord in the heart of the people that we would meet on the streets. They said, well, um, how about we give you something from our company, but you give us a, a receipt 
so we can publish and say, get credit for giving it. No, this, is, this isn't a church. This is Jesus. This is the city of Cali. You don't get any credit. You can't say, uh, you can't go in and give books and say, I gave the books. You can't go in and give meat and say, I gave the meat. This is going to be anonymous and free because you get free and you give free. And people need to know that. And people that people need to know that people need to see that that's the way God is it's so hard to believe that he really loves me and that really he forgives me we say it but then we look in the mirror and then we look in our memories and we remember what we did and they say yeah but if you can really bring it in and say he he forgives me and he loves me and he cares for me it changes you and it started changing a way of looking at prison in the city of Cali and and yeah we 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 saw the books come out of places we didn't we had the 2,000 books we baked the 1,200 cookies and we baked the baked the peanuts twice because they came out raw the first time and we didn't know how to do it but we went in and we revolutionized two prisons entirely in a day with a small group of young people and uh then Compartilo pues, just share it, started to snowball. Because if one team can go in, and in a prison there are several courtyards, you can, what you can do if you know how to work your time frame and you watch your schedules and you work with the guards getting the doors open and doors closed and you get all the logistics right and you're there really early, you can do five meetings in a prison. I think sometimes you can even do six in a prison of 5,000 people that's scattered all over a huge campus, you can do five meetings and grab your stuff with your team, and you can love on thousands of, thousands of prisoners. And it started happening. Because we went from 2,000 prisoners to visiting once a year to twice a year, then the one prison was moved to another city, and it turned into 5,000. The first time we ever fed 5,000 people, it was like seeing the Bible. Because... That was the summer when we, we got the idea. Uh, Colombians are very uh, liturgically Catholic and religious. Whether they practice or not their religion, they are very religious. And if you don't go to church all year long, you go at Holy Week. You go for the Mass in Easter. That's the one time you go because you've got to take communion. We said, well, how about, there's Christians in there. They're not allowed bread. They weren't allowed bread in our prison because they would make the bread into, into liquor. So no bread because you make yeast into liquor. You can't get juice for the same reason. How about we see if they give us a permit to have the Lord's Supper with any Christians that are in any of our jail, any of our jail blocks. And on top of it, we will, because we would go to the entire prison. We visit every single person from the warden down to the people in the TB ward, down to all the guards, the nice ones, the not nice ones, everybody. And so, you, you know, you don't do the Lord's Supper for everybody. How about we say Jesus is the bread of life and we stick ham and cheese inside it and put a little mayonnaise and we say he's the sandwich of life. So in summer, Jesus is the sandwich of life. And we brought in juice and we got it frozen because you're in our jails, you don't get anything frozen the whole time you're in there and it's a hot country. So in the summer, we worked away to where we could get the frozen juices and once a year, if you're in one of our jails, you get Jesus is the sandwich of life and you get a frozen juice. Once a year, because Jesus remembers and Jesus cares because the love and forgiveness of God is free because he remembers your name because he cares about you and he's going to keep coming back and he's going to keep coming back 
and he's going to keep coming back. And we teach people to tell people to tell people, the love and forgiveness of God is free, just share it. Compartilo pues. And we call it Compartilo pues. Today, the, the alcance. Today, the reach of Compartilo Pues through the community, because you talk about it's not in the jails, it's in the community, because you have to tell the community about the love and forgiveness of God if you're going to get, if you're going to get uh, medicine or if you're going to get hygiene kits or if you're going to get ham or if you're going to get uh, Christmas pudding at Christmas time. You have to tell, you have to reach into the community. We make in one one day we make 7,000 portions of Christmas pudding. The other day we make 5,000 portions of Christmas pudding and we pack it all in one night and we send it into jails at 4 o'clock in the morning. That takes a community. And it's not just a Christian community. It's anybody who will say yes to the concept of the love and forgiveness of God. And it's a party. It's a, cra it's a crazy thing. And today it's 16,000 people, inmates, men, women, children, guards, administrative officials, in four different jails, and now in outlying cities, people that we've trained are teaching other people to tell the community about the love and forgiveness of God that's free, and to challenge them to give it to people that can't give it back, and that's what Compartilo Pues is. So you can take one team, and uh, ideally you get 18 to 22 people to take into a courtyard that has our largest courtyards in the city jail have up to 1,200 inmates in one jail cell block. One jail cell block for 12,000 inmates is, eh, if, we, if we made this a little narrower and pushed it far back, it's about the size of this auditorium. So about 1,200 inmates in a place like this, you go in with 18 people, the guards are on the outside of the of the gates, you're on the inside of the gates, and you get in there, and you share, and you love, and you say, Jesus is here, and you give out um, songbooks, and you sing, and the presence of God comes, and meets people, and reminds them, time after time, summer after winter, year after year, he remembers you, and he knows your name. So we're gonna, it's, it doesn't make any sense, it doesn't, it doesn't fit in my brain, and I've been there. But we're going to show you a picture of what it looks like to be in the middle of a courtyard. And this is people like, this is you, this is me, this is 70-year-olds, this is, 70 year olds, this is now 19, uh, you can't go, we started in prison with, with young people, but the laws have changed and you can't get an underage minor in jail to work with inmates. Now they have to be outside making sandwiches. But you're going to see all different ages of men and women loving uh, ministering, praying, crying, preaching, and that's just Jesus caring for people, being his message of arms extended, and this is the video, right? There's supposed to be a video coming? And then I'm going to leave you with my husband. He's going to preach <laughs> like Pastor preached. <laughs> Compartilo pues translates just share it. We challenge the city to receive Jesus' love and share it freely inside prison walls through massive musical evangelism visits and medical brigades, bringing food, medicine, books, hygiene kits, and lots of love. Watch this full patio of inmates singing to the Lord. Dios ha sido Dios ha sido bueno. 
Dios ha sido bueno. Compartirlo pues es happiness. It brings joy to our Patio One courtyard. Because every time they come to share the word of God with us and share the joy that they have from God, it makes us want to feel what they feel. That's why we want them to keep on coming back here so that they can keep on bringing us the happiness that the Lord has given them. Hallelujah. Oh, that's great. Thank you, Lord. I'd like to challenge all of us today with a word from 2 Corinthians. Let's open up our Bibles, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7. Actually, it's going to be halfway through the verse of 7b, and we're going to read till verse 9. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest on me. There are several phrases that I want to bring out as we look at this passage and as we share the testimonies of what's happening in Cali. His grace is sufficient, seems to be the overarching phrase or, or sentence of this, of this passage. His grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. Not our strength, not our abilities, not our power, but the grace of God and the love of God that pushes forward into whatever is going on in the earth or whatever is going on in whatever each one of, our, each one of us are involved in. I want to just share with you a little bit about his grace sufficient in the first church plant in the city of Cali. His grace was sufficient for a group of young people to be closed off in a room praying, praying, and praying for drug addicts. The drug addicts in the park called El Peñón. And we were looking to seek God in his presence for going into the park and celebrating to the, with the drug addicts the message of God's love and God's power that is sufficient. And we had all, 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 all of it was ready and planned. All of us were going to go the day that we were going to open up the coffee house. They called it the coffee house. We exchanged the drugs for coffee. <laughs> and there we sat praying. And the day came when we were going to go into the park. Seven of us would go into the park or so, más o menos, siete. And the rest would stay in the house waiting for us to come back. Each one was somebody or somebody's to come and share and talk about Jesus. Well, we went into the park, and there, the, 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 the idea was that everybody was going to go and stand by one of these drug addicts that we'd been praying for. We had a white wall, and we'd been putting all the names down as we'd been hearing about them and sensing their stories, hearing their stories. And so we, put, we got down there, and everybody was ready, standing by the 
drug addict that they were going to be talking to and trying to invite him and see if he would accept the invitation to go up to the coffee house and be able to talk a little bit there. So we were all standing in different places in the patio in the, in the park waiting for Mark to give the signal and start talking to the guy he was, he, was, he was standing with. I remember I was standing with a guy whose nickname was Christ, Cristo. And I sat there, I stood there, and I was supposed to start talking to him. And when I started talking to him, everybody else in the park, all the Christians in the park, were going to start talking to the drug addict that they were standing by also. But before I was able to make that brave and bold move to the one standing right beside me, I start hearing cat calls about, gringo, go home. We don't want you. You have to pay double to watch anything in this park because they used to have boxing between the, the young people, the drug addicts. And so I felt very intimidating. I felt very intimidated. I couldn't move to start talking to Cristo. I was right beside me. I just stood like roots going down into the ground. No way could I move. No way could I start talking to him. And after what seemed like a long, long time, it actually must have been only minutes, I gave the signal for everybody to go back up to the coffee house. And there, the leader, the fearless leader, was, uh, <laughs> was being mocked in my own heart, being mocked by my lack of leadership, by my lack of strength, by my lack of power to be able to speak the word to this guy next to me. And we went up to the, to the house. We told everybody that we're closing down for today. Try for a better day next day or next week. And we closed up the coffee house and went to my mom and dad's home. They were missionaries for 41 years and they were living in Cali. And I had gone down to help them with the ministry of young people. And here we went into my dad and mom's apartment about three or four blocks away from the park. Went to the third floor and sat on the couches and on the table, you know, in, on, in the dining room table, and, and told my mom what was going on, what we couldn't do, what happened at the park, how Mark couldn't move his, his body towards the testimony to, the, to, the, to this guy right next to him. And here we sit in the living room, dining room area at my mom's apartment when we hear a knock on the door. And, and we go open the door and... Seven of the drug addicts that were in the park, including the one I was supposed to be talking to, seven of them outside of my mom and dad's door said, we saw you in the park. We think you have something you want to tell us. Why, why don't you tell us? What is it that you want to speak to us on? Now, you've got to understand, to get up to the third floor, you had to go by, by Don Felix. Don Felix always had a big, huge machete, and he was a doorman. And no one passed by him without him calling up on the on the, the phone thing, you know, the intercom thing, and saying, you know, someone, someone is here, do you want him to go up? No one goes up into that building without Don Felix announcing beforehand that uh, we're going up to the third floor, to the sixth floor, to the fifth floor. And here, all seven of these drug addicts at our door on the third floor, having passed by Don Felix, and we don't know how in the world that could have happened, were standing outside the door saying, we want to hear what you have to tell us. All seven of them came into the house. We talked with them, each one of us, talking to the one that we didn't talk to at the park. I was talking with Cristo. And we all talked to them about the Lord, about his un unconditional love. And there they gave their hearts to Jesus. And that's the way a church started. A church started by the grace of God being sufficient in our weakness. His grace, sufficient 
in our weakness. Story after story, we see his power, the power of Christ that is upon us as we wait on him and as we speak to him and as we pray and draw close to him and put our ears on the Father's chest, as it were, to hear his heartbeat about what he wants done, how he wants it done, and not rely on our own strength, nor our own power, nor our own abilities, but realize that it's the grace of God that sustains us, that is enough, that is sufficient. And I, I want to bring this word to us today because I feel that maybe, as, is in the, as, is, as it is my case, that some of us might be struggling with a thorn in the flesh, something that is happening that is causing you to doubt, it's causing you to struggle, it's, ca- it's causing us to look at ourselves and see that we have this vulnerability, see that we are intimidated by this thing that is accosting us. A thorn in the flesh has a purpose, and the purpose is to draw us closer to the one who can sustain us. He is enough, it is sufficient. For us to have his grace that covers our weakness, that covers our infirmities. As we pray and as we seek him, it is enough to hear his heartbeat saying, My grace, my grace is enough, is sufficient. Not our ability, not our strength, but our weakness will be proof for the power of God, for the power of Christ that is upon us. Let's read it again. Let's read it again. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Nothing wrong with being exalted in the Lord, but above measure, beyond the measure of what we are to be allowed to be exalted. Above, above measure is what he has been given, this, this thorn, what he calls a thorn in the flesh, a messenger from Satan. And it makes me wonder, who is in control here? Apparently, Satan is allowed to cause a messenger to go attack and to go bring a thorn in the flesh. But it is God who is in control of Satan, who is in control of his messengers, is in control of your weakness. He is in control of our weakness. He knows us. And is his grace that is sufficient, as it says there in, verse, in the following verse, verse 8. Concerning this thing, I pleaded With the Lord. I love the way Paul says this thing. What thing? This thing, this thorn in the flesh. He calls it this thing. I plead, I pray about this thing to be taken away. It be taken away. That it would depart. And what's being, what what I see happening in me, I don't know if it's happening in you with the thorn in the flesh that has a destiny, that has a purpose, a purpose to draw us more and more into him because he is in control of any and all of these infirmities. It's interesting to read for me that the infirmities were not what Jesus Jesus talked about when he said, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. I found it interesting that it is Paul that then says, You know, my infirmity, I will boast far more in my infirmities now that I know there is a purpose to them, a purpose of drawing closer to him, a a, a purpose that would have us lean on the Father and on the grace of God that is sufficient in every aspect of our lives so there is a purpose and God is wanting to call us into his purpose 
I had an opportunity while in jail in one of the patios. We, were, we had finished the time of celebrating, the time of worship, the time of evangelistic worship, we call it, where the words are very simple, like Dios ha sido bueno. You know what that means? That's the song that we heard in the video. Dios ha sido bueno. God is good. And here the inmates sing out to him and worship him in their enclosures. And they love this time of fellowship. But not all of them. There's some that are playing parkies or they're playing dominoes back in the back part of their, of their, of their patio or, or of the cell block. And, and they, they sit there, they listen, they hear because it's PA system and all loud blaring in the whole courtyard of these 600 to maybe 1,000 inmates milling around. And as you saw in the video... They're attentive. Most of them are attentive. They are receiving this evangelistic worship, this call of God, of the unconditional love of God on their lives and in their lives. Well, after the worship and the testimony and the word and the fun we were having in the presence of God with all these inmates that are surrounding us as we sing and as we lead them in song and as we speak to them their own language, this grace that is sufficient and after that, then it's time for the Lord's Supper. So we announced to all the inmates that had been hearing us, those of you who are believers in Jesus, who have given the, your lives to him, we want to celebrate the Lord's Supper while the rest of your fellow inmates line up to receive the goodies. A good, like Gene was mentioning earlier, cookies or peanuts or sandwich of, of jamón y queso, ham and cheese sandwich. And so we tell them, you know, everybody that wants uh, this gift from the community of Cali that has made this possible in the name of Jesus for you guys to enjoy, come, line up. And so the head, the head inmates, you know, there are inmates that control every patio. There's an inmate that's a puma, pluma blanca, you know, a white feather. He's the leader of all of the, of the order inside the patios, more order than the guards could possibly handle. And they are the ones who are helping us set up, putting the instruments up and, and helping us plug it into the electric outlet. <clears throat> and so here they help us line up. You can, can you imagine a thousand inmates lining up to receive a goodie, to receive a book that we give to every one of the inmates and to receive a, a handshake and say, God loves you. And that takes a long time. And while you guys that want this goodie, that wants this gift, line up, the rest of those who would like to have the Lord's Supper come over to this side. And so they all go over to one side of the patio. I remember this one occasion, we sat on the floor, and, and, and there's this huge amounts of inmates, you know, three deep, four deep around, around me, and there they are, you know, be, hearing what the message of the Lord's Supper is, and how we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper, and all the, the volunteers standing around behind, ready to serve the cup, and serve uh, the, the bread, or the sandwich, and you know, these guys really mean business because they're not going to be, at, be able perhaps to receive, you know, the, the presents. Though we tell them, don't worry, you're going to receive them after we finish this Lord's Supper. And here they sit on the floor. And I remember celebrating with them the meaning of the bread and the meaning of the, <clears throat> of the juice. And, and all of a sudden, I'm looking into the eyes of the one right across from me. And the Holy Spirit, I, think, I, th I thought it was him. I still think it was him, said... Would you change places with him? If it's possible with the legal systems for you to pay the remainder of his, of his, uh, of his uh, sentence, 
that has him here in this prison, would you please take that and sit in his place and let him go free today? And, you know, it just, it just brings me up short, you know, with this grace of God that is sufficient for any and everything that he might ask of us. And I just said, Lord, whatever you would like, whatever you would want. I don't know if in the back of my mind I'm thinking it's not going to happen anyway. Because for the government, for the sentence that has been given to him for his crime to be placed on another, to be placed on another like, like, like that's unheard of. But I felt the Lord saying, would you do that as a challenge? Would you do that? And I have to just tell you guys, you know, my weakness, in my weakness, in the weakness of my response to him, my very weak response to him, a very timid yes, I would exchange places with him. A very weak expression, not a yay, yeah, I'd sure do that, Lord. Yeah, give me the chance. Would you change places with that person? Or with those people that are perhaps a thorn in your flesh. Remember, the thorn in the flesh has destiny, has purpose to it. We've heard some books, you know, by Rick Warren about a purpose-driven church, a purpose-driven life. How about a purpose-driven thorn in the flesh? There is a purpose for it. There is a purpose that God wants to bring our attention to. Wants us to draw near to him. Wants us to put our our ear to his heart and say, what are you saying? I want this removed. I want this taken away from me. But you're saying, my grace is sufficient. That's enough for what I want done, for what I want, for what I, for what I want us to do. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart. It, whatever it is, this thing this weakness, whatever it is, I ask you, Lord, please, I ask you that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Lord, I want to thank you for this word. I want to thank you for the way your Holy Spirit reaches into our hearts with your word. I grasp on to this word. We grasp on to the word that you speak to us through scriptures. That it is enough. It is sufficient. Your grace for us and the power of Christ upon us. As we walk with you, with our hearts broken before you. With our hearts realizing that it's not us but you. And your grace that is sufficient. We aren't enough. We aren't sufficient enough for what you are challenging any and every one of us. It's the grace that is enough as you come into our lives. Lord, I want to thank you for the opportunity to speak the word into our lives. For your word and your Holy Spirit to come upon us and reach deeply into us. And say, your grace is sufficient. I will keep asking. Take this away. Depart from me, and I will keep believing that you hear the voice and the cry and have a purpose in this weakness that perhaps is causing or being caused by infirmities. It's being caused by brokenness. It's being caused by family disarray. Whatever is breaking our hearts, that we would plead with you and that we would ask you and hear your voice speaking to us. It's enough. 
it's sufficient. I want to ask for us to play that last segment of the song that we heard in the beginning video. And I want us to think about the, these, the, these inmates that are here, that are singing this song, Dios Ha Sido Bueno. Could we play that second video, please? Dios ha sido bueno Dios ha sido bueno Dios ha sido sing it? Could you sing it in Spanish? <laughs> Dios, Dios ha sido bueno Dios ha sido bueno Dios ha sido bueno Dios ha sido You are good. You are sufficient. You are enough in our weakness, in our infirmity. You are enough. And the power of God, of Jesus, of Christ rests on us. Lord, I want to thank you because you are good enough. You are sufficient for my, in my weakness and in my despair. You are more than enough, sufficient in the name of Jesus. You know, the songs that we were singing earlier, I just had this sense of the Holy Spirit saying that we were singing in this heavenly song here on earth, that, that we were singing his song through us and in us back to him. And it was just wonderful to sense the power of the Lord in the singing and in the worship that we were doing earlier. Thank you so much, Pastor, for inviting us. Lord bless you. God bless you. Amen. Bless the name of the Lord. Great to have you. God is good. And all the time. Do you know, do you know that all of us at one time were in prison? Think of this. Before you knew Jesus Christ, you were in prison. And Jesus Christ, by the blood of the Lamb, set you free. Does that put a smile on your face? The Bible tells us always to know that His grace is sufficient for us. So just for those watching online, I don't know what you're going through, but God's grace is sufficient for you. Maybe you're here today, something you're going through, God's grace is sufficient for you. Valerie, we're glad you're here. God's grace is sufficient for you. He's bringing you through. We're proud of that. We're going to continue that. Amen? Give me a big smile. God will do a work in you and through you, but you've got to remember who he is. Those online, those here, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, that's the first place to start, to get out of your prison. Prison comes in different forms, in different ways, but Jesus breaks the chains. Jesus, the name of Jesus, there's something in that name. We sung the song. It's in that name. And if you just would put your trust in Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ will do a work in you and through you, he will break 
the chains that hold you? Because he can. Often people put themselves in chains, or sometimes other people can put other people in chains. But when Jesus comes on the scene, <laughs> he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And when you get that, the unction of the presence of God, it changes you. It changes you. Don't settle for anything less. Those watching online here today, put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Don't let the stuff, someone say the stuff. The stuff that gets in the way. Jesus has a better way. And as you just say, Father, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. I declare this day. Someone say this day. I choose you as my Savior. I choose you as my Lord. And I give my heart, my life to you. I no longer want to live for myself. But I want to live for the one who died for me. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Everybody said if you said that online, let us know. It's so important. God will transform your life when you get Christ at the center of it. We hope you were encouraged and blessed by this week's message. If you would like to know more about Salem First Assembly, you may email us at salemoneassembly at comcast.net. That's Salem, the number one, assembly at comcast.net. Check out our Facebook page at Salem First Assembly or go to our website at salemfirstag.org. We look forward in hearing from you. Join us again next week for a message from our guest speaker.